Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by Foxit Software. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're taking a look at some new alternatives for digitizing and processing documents and forms, and we'll look at how those alternatives can help federal agencies reduce costs and improve productivity. Here to talk about that today is Didi Cato, Vice President for Corporate Marketing at Foxit Software, which provides PDF and document intelligence solutions for enterprises, developers, and end users. Didi, thanks for joining us and welcome to the program. Thanks. Glad to be here. Didi, government agencies have been trying to reduce their reliance on paper for decades, it seems, but even their efforts to move to digital formats and notably PDF documents haven't always yielded the kind of improvements in speed and efficiency that agencies had hoped for. Let's talk a little bit about why is that and what's holding agencies back from surrendering their reliance on paper-based systems? Yeah, that's a great question. So to answer that, let's take a step back to understand really the source of all this paperwork. Congress actually passed a law in 2018 that requires federal agencies to digitize their services by basically 2020, last year, right? So this law was called the 21st Century Integrated Digital Experience Act. IDEA is the acronym. And it basically requires all federal agencies to not only digitize their services, but also make you know things like their websites more user-friendly, make all their public-facing paper forms, for example, available online, right? So part of that whole effort is reporting back. They had to report back to Congress on the information costs, et cetera, required to move all of their, basically their public non-digital paper documents to digital. So what they found was like, for example, the Department of Health and Human Services, they're one of the biggest publishers of paper forms. And they actually use like over 5,000 unique forms across uh, basically four HHS agencies. So like, for example, the Centers for Disease Control, they actually process uh, 1.3 billion paper forms annually. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, they process a billion paper forms. There's the Administration for for children and families. They process 100 million paper forms. Then there's the FDA, right? They process about a half a million paper forms. So what they found was with the total of two and a half billion forms being processed, HHS was spending $10 billion per year in paperwork. So the 21st Century IDEA Act was put in place to basically require more services and forms to be available online, which would, you know, save costs, time, right? But this also potentially required new infrastructure, maybe a new modern website, digital services to streamline the customer experience, and then, of course, accessibility for people with disabilities, right? That becomes essential to comply with Section 508. And then all the forms, they need to be digitized and made signable with things like signature technology, right? So all this takes time and effort and budget. And then besides the the law from Congress and, you know, the eventual cost savings, really the pandemic, though, has definitely increased the need for digital documents and forms, right, with remote workers and a lot of the government stay-at-home orders. Well, what exactly are the challenges that these and other agencies and enterprises more broadly are still facing when it comes to using portable document format tools? Yeah, so paper documents, basically, now that they've become digital documents, there's many challenges with the tools. So you mentioned PDF. There's 
editors that are now required to edit them and redact them. And they can do a lot of things with these electronic documents. But there are challenges and adoption issues with these new tools. There's actually a report from the Center of Digital Government that was conducted October of last year. And they showed issues around the adoption, specifically with PDF editing tools. The study indicated that the transition was slow for a number of reasons. So some of these tools, the traditional uh, legacy PDF editors, they can be difficult to use, right? As you're trying to edit, sign, secure documents. So that's been a challenge. And then also, I think people don't realize that there are desktop PDF tools that come in two flavors, the editor, and then there's a reader. So the editors, they're the ones that can actually create and edit PDFs. And readers, of course, are just readers. Many of the editors, they're the ones that can make the forms fillable. So users can simply tap through the different fields and fill in information. With Section 508 now requiring electronic documents to be tagged right, for screen readers, it becomes very tedious and challenging. So that came out clearly in the report too. Using these tools to make your PDFs comply with Section 508, that's been a big inhibitor. It's just very difficult to use. And the last thing really is around costs, subscription-based pricing versus perpetual licenses. Legacy PDF editors and vendors move to subscription-based models. It becomes very costly. What would you say has changed or is changing and what alternatives are now available to help agencies and enterprises overcome some of these challenges and some of the confusion out there? Many people don't realize that there are alternatives to traditional PDF editors, such as Adobe Acrobat for PDF editing. Adobe created the PDF format, but it was released as an open standard in 2008 as an ISO standard. There are many vendors that provide PDF editing capabilities. So you want to look for a vendor that has a complete set of features, even for complex scenarios to edit, bookmark, redact, you know, huge documents for court cases or quickly scan documents and make them text searchable, right? Creating form agreements and contracts, digital signatures, and having a solution that integrates seamlessly with a cloud-based e-sign solution that's FedRamped, right, such as DocuSign, right, that becomes critical, especially when complying with the signature requirements that the IDEA Act actually requires. So besides the full-featured capabilities of an enterprise product, you want to look for alternatives, again, that have the perpetual one-time cost, which basically saves an average of down to one-third of the cost you would normally pay. But also, with the less expensive user license, now you can make the solution available to more users, especially if it's easy to use. So you want to look for a product that has a familiar interface. So if, like, for example, you're an Office user, you're used to the Microsoft ribbon at the top. So look for a PDF editor tool that has a similar look and feel. So all the features are right there on the top, easily exposed. But more importantly, look for companies that can be really true partners. Ease of doing business is important. Ease of deployment. And ease of deployment means even having a license model that uh, is not named per user. So if one of your users leaves, you don't have to purchase a new license. Uh, ease of support, talking to a live person, that's all part of ease of doing business. Well, that sounds like a good checklist to look for. Tell me, can you offer some examples of where government agencies are choosing to adopt some of these new and more flexible models? And what kinds of gains are they making in their efforts to digitize their workflows? 
One of the business outcomes of having a user-friendly solution and a low-cost licensing model is that now what our customers are telling us is that it can be available to more people. And the way they describe it is everybody now can be digital and smarter, from novice users all the way up to power users. The uh, Shared Services of Canada did exactly that. So they're now offering Foxit's PDF editor as part of their standard install across Government of Canada. So they install it along with Office 365 and other desktop tools, and they just make it part of their whole strategic plan, right? The strategic plan includes tools standardization. So why is that important? Because they want to make sure that there's a common set of tools available. doesn't matter where you're at. It makes it easier for procurement and for support. The Shared Services of Canada, they employ 7,100 people, but they basically support the technology needs of over 200,000 federal employees. So again, having a common set of tools across geographies basically streamlines many things. A public servant can sit down at any system, anywhere, and have the same base environment, regardless of where they're located. In the U.S., many court systems use the Foxit PDF editor. You know, courts have to deal with these huge e-filing documents from law firms, or maybe they're even e-filing from a, from a trial court to an appellate court to a Supreme Court. So having to deal with these large documents or PDF binders or portfolios just makes it more efficient. But you'll find many departments, actually, and agencies that are document-rich using the Foxit's PDF editor during things like intake from even like the Tax Revenue Service or the 1040 tax forms, Medicare, Medicaid insurance claims from hospitals, or even internal departments such as HR. PDFs are basically ubiquitous. There are actually 2.5 billion PDFs created annually. And the U.S. government is the largest publisher in the world. So there's a lot of PDFs out there. Tell me a little bit, though, about how some of these easier approaches for processing digital documents is translating into improved customer experience, for example. That is the experience that citizens are having filling in forms and signing documents, etc., yeah, definitely having fillable forms saves rekeying hand-filled forms. So that's definitely making things more efficient. There's also 2D technology out there where it's a fillable form and it creates a 2D barcode in the document. So then when it goes into a government agency and lots of tax revenue departments use this technology, once it goes to the tax revenue office, they scan the document and then all the filled information goes into a back-end system. Or they can simply just reuse the PDF, they fill it out on Online, and then the data is pushed into one of their back-end data repository systems. Also, collecting handwritten signatures on paper, that is things of the past because they needed to be printed and scanned. So that goes away with e-signatures. And of course, having documents readable by screen readers for the visually impaired provides everyone equal opportunity with the accessibility to documents, whether they're registering for classes or students taking online courses or even government workers that have to deal with PDF tools and documents. And there's actually two parts of accessibility. There's using the tool itself, right? So using Acrobat or Foxit's Phantom PDF product, that needs to be usable by someone that's visually impaired. And then also being able to produce a PDF document that's tagged appropriately for screen readers. That's the second part of accessibility. So having a tool that does both is very important. Well, finally, Didi, given how much federal agencies have on their plates to modernize and secure their IT operations and applications, what would you say is the most compelling reason for considering switching gears to a different model or platform for handling government documents and forms? 
Yeah, there's lots of benefits, cost savings, efficiencies, data accuracy, security gains when you're moving from paper to digital, right? But having a partner to help in this transition in both ease of doing business when you're migrating from legacy PDF editors, even to post-sales support, especially during critical times, is really what makes a difference. Um, you know, don't just take it from me. We do have case studies. In fact, the Shared Services Canada case study is now available on our website, basically as a step-by-step guide that walks you through initial motivation as they looked for a PDF editor alternative, working with key stakeholders within the agency, deciding some of the required core and advanced features, and then all the way through to the competitor evaluations and then to roll out. Well, those are some great points, and we'll make sure to attach a link to the article accompanying this podcast for our readers to get a look at that case study. I'm afraid, though, we're going to have to leave it there for today. Didi Cato, thank you so much for joining us to talk about alternative approaches to managing digital documents and how that's also helping improve the user experience as well. Thanks, Wyatt. It was a pleasure being here. And thanks to Foxit Software as well for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage on IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com and our FedScoop radio channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.